Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Physiology Secrets Podcast. We've got another guest on today and someone that we've been trying to get on for a couple of weeks now who uh, we absolutely love his work uh, in the running space. We've got Paul McKinnon here, balance runner, um, to talk about everything to do with run technique, gives a rundown what he does um, and how he sort of revolutionises the way that the people sort of change their running economy to be better athletes overall. So first of all, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, um, thanks for coming on. Just give us a quick down of rundown about what you do, who you are, what your background is, and sort of how you came to be what everyone knows as a balance runner. Um, four. <laughs> how long have we got? That's uh, four big questions. Um, what I do, yeah, like I specialise in, in run technique um, for either pure running or running based sports, so you know, obviously with, with triathlon, but then into um, running based sports like AFL, um, you know, soccer, hockey, anything where hockey, uh, sorry, running is the main part of the sport yeah. and then the skills on top yeah. of it um, is probably where I, where I focus and and it is just a specialisation in technique um, yeah. and for that individual. Um, well, background of me, um, played hockey as a, as, oh, as a junior all the yeah. way until I was about 32, um, got towards a pretty high level, um, played professionally for six years over in, in, um, in Europe, went to two indoor hockey world cups, uh, always found running to be a strength of mine or, or or turned it into a strength of mine. Yep. Um, I was probably similar to a lot of athletes that I see and had some poor mechanics and poor yep. movement and um, was taught how to do it a lot better, which then helped me turn it into a strength, which was which was really cool. Um, given that running was a, I guess, a passion and I had a real interest in how I was taught, that's how I probably developed into what I've got now. Um, education backgrounds, it's a PE teaching, sports science is a major, so, you know, the coaching, teaching, yep. um, interest in the running and the background in, in all that kind of come together into what I do now with, with the balanced runner. Um, so it is a lot about initially having some self-awareness um, for the individual to understand how they currently move, what that feels like, how that's affecting speed, efficiency, um, possible injury, and then making small cue-based changes um, to get them moving better. Yeah, cool. So, quickly sort of touched on, you're not from that traditional athletics background, you're coming from field hockey background into running. How did you, you sort of get to that progression of now being the go-to, work, what we like to call the go-to guy on running technique? Who'd you learn from? What, what, are the, what was that process like to go from field hockey athlete to now, one of the better running coaches going around? Um, thanks. Uh, <laughs> I'll pump your tires up a few yeah, times. Yeah, yeah. appreciate it. Um, as I said, I had a real passion about running when I was playing hockey, um, and I'd go out and do a fair bit of myself for myself for for hockey, but also just because I, I really enjoyed it. And it was one of the things as a younger um, an athlete, even listening to my own footsteps out on the, the trails in Canberra and hearing something different, and, and starting to try and manipulate it to or ask the questions as yeah. why that was happening. Um, so whilst hockey was my passion and, and what I was relatively good at. Running was always something of interest. Like yeah. I always thought, I'd, I'd love to be a five or ten k elite yeah. runner. I probably never get to that point, and certainly won't now. Yeah. But um, if someone asked the question, it'd be like, oh, I'd love to be ten k runner, not Tiger Woods or yeah. Yeah. you know, a quarterback <laughs> yeah. or anything. Um, I learned off a guy called Lex Anderson in in Canberra, and he's been developing this kind of a method or technique or, or an understanding over the course of probably twenty years. So. Whilst he was developing that, I was actually learning off him myself. It also, he was really um, nice enough or you know, generous enough to actually say, well, come down and learn what I'm doing because you're already starting to pick up on yeah. it 
with that footstep yeah. stuff. And, and that's probably allowed me just to develop an understanding of movement itself rather than a background in, in athletics yeah. or, or the strict science of it. So that understanding movement and how each thing affects each other. Yeah. And that's probably where the fortunate position of not coming from the, the running background because it can kind of see difference in different people and yep. understand how that affects and can change. Yeah, there's no real preconceived idea about what, what something should look like. It's, well, I'm breaking down this person's movement now and how is it actually going to be better yep. rather than trying to fit them to this mould of this is what a, a runner should look like. Um, that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. So sort of leading into that in terms of the philosophy behind what you do, what what is that process? You mentioned before it's more about movement bit of self-awareness what are you trying to achieve like i've been through these sessions but for the guys who haven't before what are you trying to achieve in terms of getting your client to feel throughout the session how is that going to lead them to moving better the the initial part of the, the self-awareness is for them to understand how they move and how they position because um a lot of people don't quite understand any um, imbalances, asymmetries in yeah. their movement. So it's kind of highlighting those, but then also getting them to feel how, how that affects down through the chain. So then they can start to tell a story if they've been injured or why they have the certain data output that they get and why those numbers. And, and it kind of gets them to feel it rather than just telling them or showing them on a video and saying, this is why, and then yeah. still scratching their head and go, oh, it all makes sense because I can see it, but I don't. I feel like I'm balanced, yeah. yeah, and and it's like oh, I feel like I'm I'm running really well, but then mm -hmm. I see myself in a in a um, in a mirror or in a, yeah. a reflection in, in the window, and yeah. that's not what I feel. So it's getting them to feel what I see. Um, so that that's where like the teaching background and, and understanding language and, and all that sort of stuff helps to get them to feel and understand what they are actually doing. Yeah. Once they can get that really good kinesthetic awareness of what they're currently doing then they can feel each cue and how that makes the change. So for me, it's not trying to match someone to, you know, an elite runner or someone like that. It's trying to get them moving in a manner suited to their body yeah. and get them in a position that gives them the most efficiency for that movement. Yeah. And that can be different from each individual, depending on the individual's anatomy, physiology, but also the history of um, sport or injury, yep. you know, like because that can change. Yeah. So then it's understanding, and it's got to fit within that person. It can't be fitting into a book or, you know, like the traditional coaching cues that are really outcome based. So no, what, what is the stimulus for that outcome? How can we change that to allow the outcome to be yeah. a more efficient movement? Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So it's a it's a one of it's a really weird process. The first time I went through, it was like, what the hell? Like you feel this. This uh, everything that you, you wouldn't have imagined you were doing, um, but yeah, definitely, definitely does change a lot. So, in terms of, I guess some of the some of the biggest changes you've seen, maybe just a few examples of. Um, you don't have to name names, but in terms of athletes, clients, anyone who's come to see you that has had a pre-existing issue or has come to you for a particular reason has made a dramatic change to their movement just by being a bit more self-aware. Any, any sort of examples that stick out. Um. I guess that it led, led to maybe a performance outcome? So I guess the first one that always sticks out to me is, a, is an injury-based um, uh, individual that turned up and, and he <clears throat> had only just prior been told he had to have um, compartment syndrome release. Um, he himself is a, is, is a doctor and yep. um, he's gone to the surgeon and said, what do I need? And they said, yeah, we have to have this release. And, and once he turned up, it was an understanding of what and why 
was that creating the pressure and, and the muscle use to then create yeah. you know that blood flow and that um, that, that growth so within so he was told he had to have surgery within six weeks we had him running 5k couldn't run a kilometer before it yeah. without having to stop and have that pain obviously didn't have the surgery six weeks later he ran his first 5k yeah um, and that's a guy that came through Mets um, and you know like he I know you guys are saying like we're trying to get him mm. to, to move and but all, all of a sudden he's breaking down yeah and it wasn't a loading it wasn't a uh, an overtraining it was literally the movement he made the muscles that he was using never switched off yeah as soon as we got him to start to switch off and change the mechanics it's fine he never had to have surgery hasn't been in since you know does enough running that he enjoys yeah that's probably my biggest one from an injury side of you know if you can stop someone from going under the knife it's always yeah absolutely pretty handy um i think james hansen's probably the other one you know he, he's turned up as an elite mm. runner he was already quick he was already really <laughs> Real quick. quick and then what well, we've done probably six nine months worth of work yeah. um with him now and he runs a 3k on a thursday night and 11 second pb yeah you know like for a guy who's already quick that's huge to go from 804 to 753 yeah it's massive he's pretty big yeah you know so he's probably one there's i mean it's heaps of breaking 20 minutes for a first time at a park run with someone who she started at 26 minutes and mm. you know like little things like that they're they're all big for those yeah. individuals yeah yeah because that's that's a big thing too and i guess it it's the technique side of things that doesn't discriminate across athletes whereas you can get as fit as you like and even the example of james who for those who've seen some of our previous stuff would know that James maxes out the treaty when he comes in and tests and just kills it, freak of an athlete. But he's got unbelievable physiology, but he's, gain, he's still able to gain 11 seconds out of his running economy, his movement, not necessarily how fit he is. He's just translating that to a more effective movement. So it's probably more down that path of how can we not waste any of what we've got? And just yeah. max, max, just maximizing. maximizing. There's, there's, no, there's really no downside to, to improving your movement at all so um, something I did want to sort of bring up it's a hashtag you use a lot in terms of who taught you to run yeah. is that right who taught you to yeah, run, who taught you to run? Um, one where did that come from but do you think too I, I just sort of think about the other day does it do you reckon there's a bit of an issue with when we sort of learn to run or a lack of or learning don't. to run <laughs> yeah. that, that is stemming is causing people to sort of grow up or develop in a way that they don't run too effectively to start with and then it causes all these issues is it is it something that we could have potentially prevented in the first place? Yeah. Well, I think on the last question, it's, it's twofold. It's, um, yes, it is something we can prevent, but it's got to be taught correctly. Just yeah. like anything, it's got to be taught correctly. And and I'm not certainly not saying I'm the only one that teaches it correctly, but I think historically, um, run technique hasn't been taught well. Yeah. And that's why there's a lot of people say they do it, but there's not a lot of... Um, people going to run technique specialists and getting a lot out of it. Mm. Um, I always talk about if you go to a, a technique session or course, firstly if, if they say that you can do it in 90 minutes or if you can do a four hour course and get all the cues you need to run yep. better, I call BS on that because like anything it takes yep. time. Um, and I don't know, I just think if it had been done well, more people would have been doing it as in athletes would be going to get their technique changed. Yeah. In running, the the difference between a really good mover and a really poor mover is quite large and yet 
we've got really good movers and really poor movers competing at marathons and Olympics next to each other. Yep. That poor mover has the physiology in a massive tank to the point where they can move poorly and still compete. Yep. So for me, I see the difference is, and, and the possibility for improvement within the running space if it's done well. It's huge. Yeah. Less so in swimming, less so in cycling because technique is understood and you know, bike position and you know, swim mechanics and all that sort of stuff is, is understood and is taught well yeah. or well enough yeah. or, or better. It's, a, it's more of a, we perceive it as more of a fundamental part of the sport as opposed to you sort of, as a kid, you sort of just go and run and chase ball and well, that's, guess you've learned how to run now, so off you go. Exactly, and that probably goes back to your prior, <clears throat> prior or initial question is that we don't, we don't get taught. Like if you go to Little Athletics, even then, I mean, I didn't, I don't know if you did, but even then, they get semi-taught some real mm -hmm. basics, and, and obviously at that young age, that has to be pretty basic, but even then, they're the traditional yeah. movements. Um, so no one really does. So where the hashtag came from was trying to get people to start to question it themselves. Yeah. Where, who did teach me to run, or where did I get taught? Yeah. And the reality is, no one really did. I put it up on my, my story a couple of weeks ago, saying, so, you know, just randomly going, who taught who you actually to run? Like, who actually taught yeah, And I got a heap of responses. Yeah. Um, and some was my dad. My dad taught me, which, which is great, but unless they were really lucky that they mm. had a dad who knew what they were doing. He's an expert them. in the field, just yeah. happened to be a running coach. Which is yeah. phenomenal. Yeah. But, but I was talked to some mates, and one of my mates was saying, but a lot of the time it's kind of monkey see, monkey do. Mm. And I know I used to run a fair bit like my dad, which wasn't the most efficient. Yeah. Um, he used to run a lot, but wasn't the most efficient. And, and I think that happens, but also, or is it someone that you really re respect and admire as a, as a kid? And you go, oh, I want to run like, you know, say a football player. Like how many yeah. kids are probably running around similarly to, you know, Dusty. Mm. So these little short little short little, step, yeah. little steps and, and still quick. Imagine how quick he could be. Mm. Um, so I think that's like it's, it's kind of like ask the question, and the amount of people are going, no one, no one did, yeah. And yet every other skill, every other movement, you get taught. Yeah. Like hitting a golf ball, you, if you're going to be any good at it, you're going to get taught. Swimming, mm. you get taught. Just doing a deadlift, yeah. Hope you get taught. Yeah. Because otherwise you're going to injure yourself. Whereas yeah. running, it's no, no, just off you go. Off you go. You do some. You more. have a reasonable idea. Yeah, yeah. Get get fitter, and you'll you'll be a faster runner. Yeah. Um. If you yeah, like I said, that some of these elites who are. Got probably not the best technique in the world, but there's so much untapped potential. And but potentially, is that is that something then, like without knowing too much about the really top end in terms, of, I haven't seen anyone run recently on, on footage or anything. But is that is that where that breaking two concept is probably just a running mechanics? Well, I always find issue. And I, and I mean, I those guys being so fit, can they break two hour for a marathon? And I'm just like by I'm changing, getting goosebumps thinking about yeah. it. Like. Um, that's one of the examples I use. You go, you've got these three guys. One moves phenomenally. Mm. You know, we all know who that is. The other two, not so well. And yet, on the day, they didn't do so well. But obviously, they're pretty phenomenal yeah, they're class, athletes. Yeah. Yeah. One of them was a world record hold for the half marathon. I look at that, and they even said it in the documentary. Mm. Oh, man, is so well. Look how, you know, just so smooth. And he is. He's really, mm. really good. They don't say the other two don't move very well, but the, you know, they yeah, infer the fact they, that they it's don't. It's implied, yeah. So why don't they change them? Mm. Can they? I'm not sure. Like They obviously know the biomechanics because there's doctor in bio doctors of biomechanics there and understand yeah. movement. And they, you know, the general layperson can see 
someone who runs really well. Yeah. Because there's something pure about it. Yeah. And you can see, holy shit, that person runs well. Maybe not so much. Yeah. Um, so I look at that and I go, there's two guys with huge engines. They run pretty poorly. And yet they're so close. Mm. And funnily enough, I got a message this morning from one of my athletes who sent the finish line, the last 200 meters of the Boston Marathon this morning. Yeah, we were talking about, Tyler and I were talking about before, just with like, yeah, it was what, three seconds of three difference? Three seconds, you look at the guy on the right, Luisa, yeah. and he sent me a message going, if this guy had seen you for six months, <laughs> he probably yeah, could have won. Probably won. Like, because if you watch him move, it's horrific. He, mm. he looks like, he doesn't move well. I'm not, yeah, yeah I won't say, what it, but he doesn't move well. And if he could move well at the end of that, like you, compare him to Kipchoge moving at the, at the end of Berlin last year when, yep. he, when he broke, broke the, it. What? Yeah. Completely different. Completely different. He's still running strong and mm. smooth and in good mechanics. This guy's thrashing. Thrashing's not going to help him get across the line no. any quicker than the guy next to him. And the guy next to him, you know, was better, albeit better, but not. Yeah, phenomenal. still not that top end. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. It's interesting. I reckon there's something. There's something there. There has to be something there in that that movement. Yeah. That movement space, and it's across all sports. I mean, you see it. We see it time and time again with even guys running sort of Challenge Melbourne on the weekend. Um, sort of looking across across social media, the guys who have come and done some run technique work, and they're they're flying. Like they're breaking breaking PBs, and maybe their their physiology hasn't changed too much between the short term between a race a month apart, but so much quicker just because they've tweaked a few things they're just a bit more conscious about what they're doing now that's really all they're all they're doing they're just more aware of what one foot in front of the other <laughs> as opposed <laughs> to, as opposed to oh, i just need to get to the finish it's i'm now thinking about what i'm doing and thinking about challenge melbourne there's a guy called nick bensley so he he did just over four hours for you know like he was in the open wasn't mm-hmm. even elite like you know yeah he got top 10 maybe top 12 for the whole race I come second age group at first open. I don't know how that yeah. works yeah. because he's entered in the open and the, yeah. other guy, the other guy entered in the age group. He um, ran a one twenty five half marathon, which was five minutes faster than he has ever run a half marathon before, whether it be at the end of a seventy point three or just a strict Quick. half marathon. Yeah. After two cues, two cues, and he's he's mm-hmm. running. He ran a PB after the first one. Quick. And then he ran another PB after the second one, and he's still. I think it was eight or ten minutes slower than the guy that beat him, or even the guys that the um, the elites. So he's got this two-hour bike leg, pretty good swim, mm. and his runs holding him back. Or all of a sudden, we've taken like ten minutes off his smashed a bunch of time after two cues. Two cues. Yeah. Yeah. He was. He was. Uh, he's been really helpful for me because he's like after one session, he goes, "It feels like a different sport." Like I'm moving in a mm. manner that it feels like a different sport now, and. Now we just keep breaking it down for him because whilst he wasn't a horrific mover, it was really holding him back. Yeah, like it was really restricting him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so. So he did a PB PB half marathon off the bike. Yeah, regardless, that's yep. quick. Yeah, yeah. So he's never he's never run the half marathon, whether it be pure running or yep. or Ironman. Quicker than that. Well, quicker than ninety minutes. Yeah, eighty five. Yeah, yeah. That's that's massive. That's a big change. Um, I know you've been gone, and something I want to come to next, just sort of on the on the side of we talked a lot about changing movement, changing someone's sort of awareness of their movement. It was something that in a social media post you put up a couple of weeks ago, talking about um, the misconception between doing strength work in the gym is going to get you better at that movement, but then 
maybe you just want to elaborate on there's a link but it's not the link that a lot of people probably associate yeah so and it's funnily enough well um ben simmons is playing basketball at the moment because yeah. i said um doing strength to improve your running technique is like telling mm -hmm. ben simmons to get in the gym to improve his jump shot yeah so it was kind of implying that you know running is a skill much like a jump shot yeah you know like and shooting or, or a golf swing um, being stronger at that doesn't make the movement change it will make you more powerful or you can go for longer so yep. thinking about inner inner running or, or you can go faster however still your efficiency skill. yeah mm. the skill of the, the movement itself of running and the technique of running mm. will not change so this is the and the, the difference between like running economy so being stronger in your movement yep. can increase I think some studies are saying two to eight percent yep um, in your running economy, so amount of amount of oxygen used per, yep. you know, for the movement. However, that doesn't change efficiency. Economy and efficiency completely different. Mm. And strength and conditioning, part of technique, part of you know the yep. greater puzzle. Yeah. And it's not to discount the strength and conditioning isn't important because yep. for performance and injury prevention, it is. it is. However, it doesn't change a mechanic and it yep. doesn't make that movement better or more yep. efficient. Yeah. And that's lost because I think. Mm too often the word efficiency is used without an actual knowledge yet. yeah without yeah. an actual knowledge of what that means and efficiency mm. is is doing um the same movement by using less energy yeah or doing the same movement same energy and having less time so there's the t energy efficiency or time efficiency being stronger at the movement doesn't make you any less and like doesn't use any less energy yeah but it can make you go faster and longer. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So that's and this is where you have this kind of um, debate or, or, or discussion with mm. individuals who go, no, 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 I'm actually no. It doesn't quite make you more efficient. Yeah. The movement doesn't change. And yeah. so then and in, in one conversation in particular, I had a guy asking about about you know that post yeah. in, in particular. And and I said, well, if someone comes into the gym and, and, and deadlifts poorly, do you send them across to the other side of the gym and make them do some you know crab walking and some clams and then hope that they come back and can lift better? No, I teach them how to deadlift properly. So, exactly. Yeah. So why would you send a runner across to the other side of the gym to do some clams and some crab walks yeah. and then when they come back expect them to, to run, run any differently? Yeah. So, and that is as good of an example as I can give because it's using strength and conditioning. It is using yeah. the skill of a deadlift. Mm. You have to teach the skill. Yeah. Running's the same. Yeah. Yeah. I just thought that was a good one because, yeah, coming from a strength and conditioning background myself, I looked at it and went, yeah, it makes sense. You've got to teach the skill. But it is that, it is that interesting one because it is the first, first thing people jump to because it's sort of, uh, I guess, the cool thing to add into your training. Um, oh, I do, I do strength sessions as well. I, I squat, I dead, whatever it is. But, yeah, if you're still not running moving great poorly. yeah you're still going to move poorly you're just going to put out a little bit more power when you're moving poorly yeah and you're going to be able to do it for a little bit longer yeah 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 so and that's and it's good that you didn't look at it and go oh that's bullshit mm. but but it's true like i think a little bit i did i was flicking through and i was like hang on what is it what's he going on what's about that I, I went back but yeah when you think about it mate it makes a lot of sense it's you can't you can't expect someone to to learn something by not teaching them yeah. Or, or not having the opportunity for them to learn it. And I think like that has been a result of 
what I touched on before about if, if the technique side of things hasn't been done well previously, yep. what's the next best thing that I can hold on to or you know, what, what else is it that I can get some benefit for my running? Yep. Because I went, you know, like I went to a, a session and yeah, I got told that I'm in this position. I got a video showing me how I could improve my movement and where I should be, but I don't know how to get there. Yep. So whilst I understand I'm not moving well and I could be better, I haven't been taught how to do it better, so what else can I do? Yeah. And that's where, you know, strength and addition, yeah, you can because you can go in, you can lift, you can target areas, people who teach that well, mm. you know. So there is a, a win, but it's not the win that you can get from yep. this. And then all of a sudden it's, oh, no, you can be more efficient if you're stronger. Yeah. And it's looking at that, it's that whole whole piece of the puzzle. It's the it's the same way. I mean, this is why we've sort of worked closely together as Mets and, and you over the last, last little while is that, we work on the physiology side of things, which is just one piece of the puzzle. I mean, yeah. you, can get as fit, you can get as fit as you like, but at the end of the day, again, if the missing piece of the puzzle is just how well you're running, I mean, that's going to unlock a whole bunch of untapped potential when we, they're retesting here. We've seen it time and time again. So it's you, you can't just single out one area and be like, I'm just going to spend all my time here. And then, oh, it's not working, so I'm going to take all my time out and go somewhere else yeah. in the strength leasing space or into running technique. You've got to have that balance. To well, and if we flip it in reverse, like I... I know I move okay. Mm. However, I'm not winning races and I'm not running fast yep. because I don't do enough with the, the training, the physiology, and the extra stuff to it. Yep. Like, I'm good at that piece. Mm. Doesn't mean I'm good at you know the other ones because yep. if I don't work on it or if I don't correct. get the, the, the correct advice or mm. yeah, or actually put the time into it, then it's not going to work. Useless, yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. You so, can look really nice, but if you're running <laughs> running slow, it's, it's, exactly. it's not going to help you. No, it moves really well. It's like, hey, he looks really, he's, yeah. he's really, really smooth today, but he's running six minute K pace yeah. and just chipping away. But geez, it looks good. Yeah, well, <laughs> it looks real smooth. He's heaving, but yeah. you know, like, yeah. so, and I do, I get embarrassed sometimes, you know, like posting about my athletes and mm. celebrations and all that sort of stuff, I, and often pretty quick to let them know, like, I understand that it's not. Just what, what yeah. I've done, yeah. Um, with them, mm. it's but it's a piece of the puzzle, and it's yeah. something that I want to celebrate. Yeah, absolutely. Because yeah, I was like, hang on, I just spent fifteen hours a week training in some form, mm. and and you're saying congratulations. Yeah, you know, like, but it's it's yeah, it's a piece too, and and it's mm. also to celebrate them. Yeah. So the camera died before battery went flat, so we're just gonna pick up from where we left off and go through the last uh, couple of questions just to sort of wrap up uh, the podcast here. So hopefully get some of the similar answers or, or what you had before, we'll see how we go. But uh, a few questions that we have been asking all the guys uh, or will be asking all the guys when they come on as guests on the podcast um, that we'll go through now. So first of all, favorite book? Uh, yeah, the Shoe Dog, that's what I said, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. Um, Phil Knight's book about the, the Nike story and, and where he started from and what he did. I just thought it was a really good story. Um, less to do with, you know, the shoes and the development of shoes and yeah. we can sort of take that take that aside, but just about the story of a business and a, an individual and it's really yeah. re well written. Yeah. Super relevant too to obviously what you do in running and being being in that space, we were sort of talking about before off camera about this the stuff with the new four percenters um, and sort of all the tech and that going into it. So I guess Nike being sort of the leaders in that space, I guess if you like, pretty interesting. So check it out. So well, I think we've, you know we've all worn a pair at some stage, yeah. most likely we've yeah. all worn a pair. Or had just, something yeah. from a t-shirt to hoodie, whatever it is. Yeah, and just to hear the story of where it came from, where it went to, and and how he did it. Yeah. Um, funnily enough, it's like so much of it had no idea. Mm. And it was just cool to actually get a better understanding of that and yeah, how it all came about. Yeah, yeah, cool. Uh, favorite quote? Uh, yeah, strength doesn't change movement. Yep. 
Movement changes movement. Yeah, yeah, that's a good one. That's a good one. Favorite favorite coach or person in the in the industry? Uh, yeah. So I think I mentioned him earlier on in the in the um the chat it was Lex Anderson. So he said he was generous enough to to teach me everything he knew at the at the time and and gave me kind of a um a really solid background and understanding in in what I do now and, and sort of developed it and, and taken it in a way that I feel comfortable with and, and, and probably suits more my teaching yeah. styles and understandings but yeah for, for a guy who spent you know 20 years through his learnings and his understandings and readings to be able to actually share that in the manner that he did um, super appreciative but also he's he's a guru at this stuff like and understands yeah. it and understands it well yeah. it's really good yeah cool um, Recommendation for who we should get on the podcast. Given we had the break, we probably should have looked up the yeah. name. <laughs> the name, name of the athlete. We, yeah, we went down, got coffee, had a bit of a break, had a bit of a chat, watched some, watched some NBA. But yeah. um, the, the, you mentioned before the girl who just broke two minutes for the eight hundred. Yeah, yeah. twice in the last two or three weeks. Yeah. What 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 was your reasoning again about the type of training that sort of do? Just want to take you through what we're sort of talking about. Yeah. So it was the two reasons, obviously, yeah. to break two minutes. I think it's the third. Australian female mm. to do it, or, or there's, there's not a lot, and, and one of the more recent ones, you know, Tamsin Manu, say Lewis Manu, broke it but didn't break the, the record, yeah. and other than that, I can't remember too many others, and there's been a lot recently knocking on the door, yeah. um, around that 2201, so mm. for that reason, um, but I was thinking more along the training styles and the traditional training techniques of sort of 800 and, and 1500 metre, taps into a lot of the stuff that... Um, that you guys do and, mm. and, and the stuff that I've learned off in, in regards to kind of higher VO2 threshold sessions where you've got efforts and recovery and not floating and then they're, yep. they're stopping and, and speaking to another mate who does strength and conditioning and, and does that kind of stuff and working with the BIS, he, he was telling me about some of the studies coming through that and understanding that they've been doing it right almost by chance. It's just, yep. okay, well, this is, this is 800 and 1500 training. Yep. But actually, that Athletes. should be the training yeah. that should be doing all the way through yep. to marathon. Like, obviously, then you've got to include distance and, and all that sort of thing. But those type of sessions aren't just for 18, 1500. Mm. They just happen to be lucked upon. Yeah. The They've just at some point in time going, this seems reasonably specific to what we do. Yeah. Let's do it. Whereas, yeah, 5Kers, 10K marathon guys go, what do I need to do? Run long and slow. And that's what we've just traditionally seen for years and years and years is let's go out and do lots of Ks, lots of long, slow volume. And always floats and always running. Yep, you can't correct. stop, you can't do anything. And no recovery. Yeah, yep. or, or recovery is just a bit slower. And yep. and there's a place for it. Mm. You know, like there's there's places for that stuff as well. However, if you're not targeting all the areas, yep. as, as you explained a lot better than I do, then you're not getting those mm. adaptations. Um, and then it just becomes like those kind of mental blocks or those kind of thought processes just becomes tradition. Yeah. And it's old traditionally, you know, five, ten marathon. No, you're always going to be doing or you're getting those extra Ks. And you go, well, tradition doesn't mean it's always always been done correctly. Yeah. yeah. Um, or it doesn't mean it's correct either. I mean, yeah. like we yeah, said yeah. with eight, eight, 800, they sort of stumbled upon it by chance. But um, even then, is there potentially a better way for those guys to yeah. go about it? it probably, yeah, yeah. probably is. There's going to be something that we, we always find something new. So. Yeah. And I gave you the um, story about the. The hunter sessions the, the um, a couple of weeks ago and and doing that specific you know one yep. on one off and times by 15 and a few of them decided they'd want to float and jog in in between and by rep four or five they yep. were cooked and mm. the people who were doing it properly were actually catching up to them and yep. 
just that lack of understanding that you can it is a tough session and if it's if it's pushing you in a manner at the higher end then it's going to help you and yeah and that was that light bulb moment for a few of them working yeah. with them going shit this is this, this is actually a bit different and i ran faster and i'm cooked and i'm you know working a different um, yeah. part of my range mm. yeah it's definitely a definitely we still have to go find out find some details there we've got a few connections here we can try and try and make to get that uh up on the podcast but yeah i reckon it'd be a really good yeah it should be really good episode. and, and yeah. yeah um just what she's been doing to, to get mm. to that point and you know she's part of a a group like a well-known group in melbourne and yet she's the one that's come through and, mm. and done pretty well yeah cool uh last one here we sort of chatted about before but plug your socials mostly on instagram <laughs> yeah mostly yeah. on instagram the balance runner yeah um, all one word uh said facebook i'm on it irregularly yeah but i'm on it you have a facebook like, page for yeah it's about I, yeah i i don't use it as frequently as probably what yep. i should do um yep. you know one thing at a time for, yep. for old fellas like me yeah, yeah, uh, cool. So yeah, Instagram's yeah. the way to go. That's the easiest way to get in touch with you as well. If you're looking at book yeah, sessions, things like that. Yeah, because you go to Instagram and then they'll send you through to the um, the website, or you can go email straight from the yeah. Instagram page anyway. Yeah, cool. Uh, easy done, mate. Sorry for the bit of a delay in the middle there. We went and <laughs> grabbed coffee and all yeah. that. We yeah. got we got the basketball up on the screen behind us as well. So um, thanks for coming back on the podcast. Um, We'll have to get you back in it at some point for another episode. But um, yeah, I mentioned this before, and I'm gonna I'm gonna plug him again because he is the go-to guy on running running technique and movement. Um, unreal with the stuff that he's done for for not only myself, Luke, but then all the athletes that we have here. We always recommend him. Um, we've got his business cards sitting on our, our desk at the front when when you walk in the door. Um, he doesn't pay us to say this as much as we probably like him to at times, but he doesn't pay us to say it. We say it because we genuinely recommend it. So um, if you are interested in checking it out, I'll leave his details below uh, so you can book in a session. Um, and otherwise, we'll see you in another episode of the Physiology Secrets podcast.